This is the Game of Life. Welcome to the Game of Life. I am your host, uh, Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, and I am just pleased as we enter Season 1, Episode 6, to have my main man, Director of the Juvenile Services Department, Brother Morris Copeland. Morris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Gail, for having me. Now, Morris, I told you pre-show that in my high school yearbook, I was most likely to be a DJ. So (laughs) the fact that I'm like giggling inside uh, is just, this is a a dream come true to be able to have a forum, a platform where we can talk about relevant issues uh, facing our kids, our community. But to have someone like you on the show is a tremendous blessing for me because of what you do with the Juvenile Services Department. So for all of our listeners, tell us what JSD is all about. Oh, thank you, Gil, for the invitation. And I think this is an exciting opportunity for me. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, we are designed to, we were first designed to be a catch-all for all children that are arrested in Miami-Dade County when we first started in 1997 okay. uh, because of the situation that was out of control in terms of juvenile crime. And uh, we kind of evolved over the years to become more than just an arrest facility. We become a place for prevention services. We become a place for diversion services. We become a place for uh, mental health and substance abuse services mm-hmm. and assessments and everything under the under the radar, under the, under the umbrella in terms of working with children, particularly children at risk. And what we've been able to do is use the information and the uh, interventions provided to us by national researchers, of which we invested a lot of money in over a period of time, to come up with some really innovative, creative ways to keep children out of our juvenile justice system, which in turn keeps them out of our criminal justice system mm-hmm. as a whole. And so we were really like on the forefront of changing the narrative and changing the paradigm of what criminal justice looked like, what juvenile justice looked like. So we've done such a great job collectively as a community around this whole issue of juvenile justice and criminal justice reform, that we've gone from 20,000 children being arrested in our system we first started to last year maybe around 3,000. So that's pretty phenomenal. That is incredible. And and I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it for the record as well. Too many children who look like you and me, the overrepresentation of minorities in the juvenile justice system. Is that still a reality? That's still a reality. And the deeper you go into the system, there's a saying that the darker it becomes. Uh, And, you know, because of the matter of fact that there is an overrepresentation of minorities. But what we're seeing on the front end is that in our community in particular, that regardless of race, creed, color, language, where you're from, if you meet a certain criteria to be diverted from the system, you get that opportunity. That's great. There was a recent study done, independent study done by a group out of uh, somewhere in northern Florida that rated all the communities, and we were number one. Number 90-something percent of all children that deserve the opportunity to be diverted from the system were diverted from the system. So those are little, little success stories that we need to talk about, things that we need to be uh, make the, the community aware of because yes. there's a lot of great work going on. We're not where we need to be. There's, there's no, it's no, it's not perfect by any stretch of the means. But we need to celebrate those things that we do well and build on them. And truly, the work the Juvenile Services Department, also known as JSD, is doing, you're giving that, these kids and these families an exit ramp. You've made a mistake, but there's an opportunity for you to uh, be diverted. Correct. I think, hence the name. And so one... Another exit ramp that helps kids so well is mentoring. Yes, mentoring is the key for us. Uh, And the reason why I say this is because Mm -hmm. the data bears that out. Uh, Many, majority of our young men, particularly those young men uh, that commit the most heinous crimes, 
have no fathers in the home. Yes. And if their fathers, they do have fathers, their fathers many times are incarcerated. So they have no, no one to look to other than other members in the community. That sometimes those members are not necessarily the best examples or role models. So it takes uh, a village, as they say, and yes. we have to step up. This is one of the areas that we, we know work when, when, particularly when men of African descent mm-hmm. get involved with these young men, or men, men are, not a, are not of African descent, just yes. people that care, yes. that want to do the right thing and understand that there's a missing link there. You know, mothers do a fabulous job. I mean, it's difficult to raise children. Mm-hmm. But just imagine if there was another person that they could depend on, another person that they could go to, another person that they could call on when this young man is having issues. I mean, it, it's the difference between success and failure. And in many regards, you know, we can't afford uh, the possibility of these young men taking the wrong turn because now they have access to weapons like never before. Mm. And that they can make a mistake that's something that can end their life or end someone's life or just pretty much put them on the wrong path where they'll never be able to recover. And you can't spell mentoring without spelling men. Amen. You got, so w- you, that is so, so, so important. I'm a mentor myself. Yes, indeed. We're going to get to that over. in a minute now, brother. We're going to talk about you as an alumni big brother. But the necessity, the yeah. importance, you yeah. touched on it. Yeah. But getting black men involved. I mean, this show, The Game of Life, and I, would, I forgot to use my catchphrase, Morris, but I'll say it now. In The Game of Life, everybody makes the team. Yes, sir. But how you play is up to you. Come on. These kids come into this world, and sometimes they don't they – they got to play the hand they're dealt. They were not, I mean, you may have a crack-addicted mom, right. and here's this little boy, this little girl. Here they are. Here they are. Welcome to the game of life, but no excuses. How can, and so mentoring, especially as it relates to black men, yeah. how important is oh, it, brother? Oh, man, to, uh, for, a young, for these young kids and, and to look up and see someone uh, that looks like them. And, yes. and sometimes that comes from their own community, wearing a suit, wearing a tie, with a big smile on their face, uh, coming to the school, uh, talking with them, not about what they've done wrong, yes. but what the possibilities are for them. You know, I mean, that makes a world of difference. And I think about me as a young man growing up and me looking at uh, teachers and coaches and people like that that I aspire to be like. Uh, these men I saw, I said, you know, these guys are doing things. These guys are impressive. I like the way this gentleman talks to me. I like the way this gentleman walks and talks. I want to be like him. Mm. Those are the types of things that we know work. Those are the types of things that I've evidence-based shown that if you do it, you do it right, you get the right combination of these young people along with a responsible a responsible adult, a male, and particularly someone that's from the community, someone they can relate to, someone that looks like them, man, the, 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 the sky's the limit. There's no limit to what that individual can do with that young man. I think about growing up uh, in the hood in inner city Toledo, Ohio. It was a barbershop. Man who didn't even know me. Boy, pull up your pants. Yes, sir. Uh, and shake my hand and I remember a gentleman gave me a broken watch one day, and it wasn't so much the fact that the watch was broken. It was the fact that he cared enough about this little boy to just say, wear this watch. Wear this. Amen. And just know what's going on. Who mentored you, Morris? Oh, man, uh, i tell you one guy that was not too long ago the police chief for the school board, and people, people don't know this. He was one of my coaches in high school, Chief, chief Darlin. Yes. Now, you know, he left and went on to Memphis. He's the mm-hmm. chief there. Uh, he was one of my mentors early on in high school, somebody that I looked at, looked up to. And I didn't know he was a police officer at right. the time. But I said, there's something about this guy, man. <laughs> this dude is just, he's something, he, he, I want to be like him. And then as time went on, I found out he was also a police officer. And I was like, wow, this gives me a different perspective on what police officers have to 
to, to bring to me and my community because before then I didn't look at law enforcement like that. Mm-hmm. But this guy gave me a totally different perspective. And then my, my whole paradigm sh- shifted and I said, you know what, let me give people an opportunity to prove themselves to me. Just because of what they're wearing, I can't judge them like that anymore mm-hmm. because of my relationship with Chief Darling. And I tell him that today when I, when I run into him and anybody I meet, I said, you never know what impact one individual can have on your life. And we were together for maybe two years, but that's those two years of coaching me at Miami Edison gave me that feeling and let make me made me change my mind about how I looked at life. When you think about mentoring, <clears throat> a mentor by definition is a trusted friend and counsel. And what Chief Darling did for you as a mentor, as a police officer, changed your perspective. Let's get real for a minute. The relationship between police officers and communities of color. We've seen it nationally. We've seen it locally, and we got a special guest coming up that's going. We're going to talk to about an incredible uh, movie that's uh, that came out on October fifth, and and select theaters and theaters everywhere on October nineteenth. But let's touch on for just a minute, uh, Morris, the state of relationships between law enforcement communities of color. How do you see it? Well, I see it as something that's evolving. I, I see it as because uh, I understand historical perspectives on it. I understand what we've been through, what we've uh, had to endure, and I understand the dynamics associated with policing uh, because I work closely with the police departments. Uh, And what I've done uh, internally is I've tried to mend those relationships. Uh, I've uh, talked with our our chief of police, our police director, Juan Perez, who's been absolutely phenomenal. Big brother Juan Perez. He'll be on the show soon. Phenomenal. And trying to connect not only just young kids that are just doing the right thing with law enforcement, but those individuals that come in handcuffs. We we decided to refer those children back to law enforcement without the handcuffs, with the positive environment, linking them up as big, as as mentors, as big brothers and changing the whole aspect of their uh, adversarial relationship with law enforcement is no longer adversarial. Now it's a partnership. Now it's a collaboration. And we've been so successful with that. Because really. what we did, you know what we did? We asked our children. We, we, we surveyed every child that, that comes through the facility. We said, well, who do you respect? And who would you want to be when you grow up? What, what kind of profession would you, would you want to be in? And you know what? Most people don't believe this, but majority of them said law enforcement officers. Is that right? Yes, sir. A lot of them said uh, uh, firefighters. Because they look at these individuals that protect their community, yes. that are helpers, and they see the power and the ability that they have. They, they, they admire it, but they didn't understand how to connect with it. So what we decided to do is say, let's break down those barriers. This is what you want to do? We're going to make it a possibility. And I know you guys have been huge in that and making those relationships count. And that is part and parcel of what we've experienced in terms of moving the needle change the dynamics between our young people and, and, and law enforcement community. We're not where we need to be. That's understandable. It's always going to be a struggle. But I think, I think it's a struggle worth fighting for. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's changing the mindset of, of people. And once you change the hearts and minds of individuals, oh, my God, it's infectious. It's infectious. So that's the focus. And we can only do it one child at a time. One child, one, one mentor, consistently doing it over and over and over again. And that's how you build the capacity to say, you know what, we're making a dent in that area. Absolutely. And for fear of leaving anybody out, what a great segue to highlight and salute all the men and women in uniform that are serving as big brothers and big sisters. City of Doral. Yes. 
Miami Gardens, yes. Miami Dade, City of Miami, Florida Fish and Wildlife, Homestead. We have so many partners right now, over 150 kids matched in Bigs and Blue, but it's about a relationship. Amen. If that officer comes with an edge and the relationship is already, you're already on a scale of one to 10, you're already at an eight, that's not going anywhere good. And so it's important just to look at the humanity and what you just said uh, as a big brother, as an alumni big brother, you're speaking from experience because mentoring is what you're all about. And speaking of which, how many little brothers have you had? Oh, I think three. Three. <laughs> what, what has it done for you? Let me not, tell you Not something. just the kids, but you as Let well. Let me brother. tell you something. There is no greater f- feeling um, uh, that I can express being a father mm. three times over uh, to three young men and then um, watching them grow up and, and become adults and then having the opportunity to go to an elementary school and start a relationship with another young person. And they are just so enamored and, and uh, excited about the relationship that this is my big brother, man. That's right, like and Black we, Panther walking into school. Exactly. And the other kids <laughs> say, hey, man, is that your big brother? He said, yeah, that's my big brother. I mean, there is nothing better, man, than to see that. And then for the teachers to come to you and say, hey, you know, this kid is doing much better. Hey, Mr. Copeland, you know, he had a bad day today, but, you know, I need you to talk to him. Mm-hmm. When I come back, oh, he did much better. And those are the types of things that these young people need, to constant encouragement, constant positive, you know, stimulation. Uh, I never talk about what they're doing wrong. Right. Always talk about solutions. Mm. Always talk about, so let me tell you something. This has been one of the best opportunities I've ever had. And I'm looking to, to pick up another another little brother so as we, soon we as possible. We will take you, brother. I mean, you, you've already, <laughs> you'll pass the background. I know that. <laughs> Why is it so important, Morris, uh, to partner with Big Brothers, Big Sisters? Uh, it, because you're an organization that has a proven track record. You're an organization that has a high level of integrity an organization that has been in the forefront of doing things that are not necessarily easy, Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily popular, but you guys have been able to motivate people to make the decision to give up their time to allot it to a young person to give that young person some hope. And you've made it very easy for, for, for people to do that. People that work, you know, people that are, you know, you have these different options in terms of going to the, working with them at the schools yes, or working sir. with them in the community. I love that because what it does, it gives people, it gives people you can't say no because <laughs> because the, you give them so many different options that they have to, you know, participate if they if they feel it in their heart. Because there's a lot of people out there, and I know you know this, that really want to do the yes. good work. They really want to make the connection, but they don't know how. Yes. So you guys give them an in. And once you give them that in and they start working with these young people, man, it's, it's contagious. It is. It's contagious. Because I go around and say, hey, man, you're going to mentor? You're going to mentor? You're going to mentor? You know? But it's just some, I know that it works. And I know it not only works for the child, but it also works for me. There you go. You know, it gives me something positive to do. It gives me, it lets me know that I'm still doing something that matters. And I can see it in this young person. Well, I thank you for your service as a big brother, the work the Juvenile Services Department is doing. If anybody's out there listening, when you watch this podcast, 305-644-0066, be like Brother Morris Copeland and get involved. Uh, Change a child's life for the better forever. Defend a child's potential. And after this next break, we're coming back with Morris. This young brother's doing his thing. (laughs) Uh, The movie is The Hate You Give, based on a book by Angie Thomas, uh, that talks about uh, a 16-year-old girl who witnessed uh, actually a police-involved shooting, uh, and it drew her to activism. 
and the movie came out, The Hate You Give, on October 5th in select theaters. It's, it, it is broadcast everywhere uh, tonight, October 19th. And let me tell you something. Uh, we are pleased to have, as our next guest, a young brother that's making things happen. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. This is the Game of Life. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, President and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life. Welcome to The Game of Life, Season 1, Episode number 6, Segment 2. We are pleased to have with us today, uh, certainly from our first segment, Brother Morris Copeland, Director of the Juvenile Services Department, but we got a young brother that's making things happen. T.J. Wright, who stars in the movie The Hate You Give, that started in select theaters on October 5th and tonight in theaters everywhere. Everybody needs to go see The Hate You Give. T.J. Wright, the real T.J. <laughs> Wright, welcome to the show, young brother. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me. And um, hey, everybody, and make sure to go watch the movie tonight. <laughs> or or someday after, but make sure you watch it. They need to see it tonight. Yeah. Let's get them to see it yeah. tonight. <laughs> you know, open the night in theaters everywhere. Go see it. Now, T.J., let me ask you this. You started booking commercials when you were five years old. Mm -hmm. What made you transition from commercials to uh, actually the, the, the acting, if you will? So um, really what happened is that I started off with uh, modeling. So mm. after um, I got into an incident on my eye, um, I don't know, I, I lost count of directions, but on one side of my eye. And um, I had to heal for a few months. And I remember watching different kid, little kids my age on TV. And then I would ask my parents, I want to be on TV. So they put me in musical theater. And then from then, I went to um, commercial acting. And after that, the, from the topic of seeing kids in movies actually pushed me to start doing TVs, um, TV and um, on-screen acting. Now, I was privileged to see the screening of The Hate You Give. Mm -hmm. And I want to just commend you for an, a job well done in that movie. Thank you. What drew you to the role of Sakani Carter in the film? Um, the script really drew me to, so, excuse me, so um, the way that Sakani acted and everything that he did in the movie just really clicked to um, me and what I do on a daily basis and the way I act in um, real life. And the book, I read um, the book, um, The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas, and it was great reading the book because there was so much more to the book that uh, like after reading it, I could add that to the character and make it look like how Sakani was in the book to the movie. Now, Sakani means what? Sakani, um, the meaning is joy, and I think he does a pretty good job doing that in this movie. There's no doubt. I'm yeah. a witness. <laughs> I, I saw it. You did an excellent job, and... Just your smile alone brings brings us joy, Morris. I mean, my goodness. There's no, <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Let me ask you this. So, the movie, The Hate You Give, how has it inspired you to just be more vocal and more active as it relates to things taking place and social issues in our country? Um, well, The Hate You Give is um, very sad that this actually happened in real life. But mm. it's made me more vocal from the point that I can't just be quiet, especially as a young person, uh, a young black person to be exact. 
um, I am the future. I will, I hopefully will make change in the future, but I also need to speak on topics and even inspire older adults to go and vote because that, that right now they could vote and make a change in for, for them and the kids too alone. So um, I think there's many things that kids can do, and I think it's made me more vocal just from the point of seeing why to be vocal. That's awesome, and you're certainly making a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you hope people take away from the film, The Hate You Give? I hope people take away love and an open mind from the film because I feel like not everybody sees that black, um, police brutality um, to black people um, influences and hurts black communities. And I think that pe- people should take away that the person on the news is not just the victim. Their name wasn't victim. They might have had a name. And that just that adds so much more detail um, to, to the little things that they like, to the things that they disliked. And it's just um, just because they come from like a different neighborhood or a different country for, than you doesn't mean they can't like the same things. So I just hope people take away an open mind. What an incredible takeaway that is. Yeah. When I think about the people you surround yourself with on this film, Regina Hall, Amanda Stenberg, Issa Rae, Russell Hornsby, and Common. What was it like working with these folks, and what did you learn, TJ? Um, it was amazing working with these people, especially to be influenced through these young, there's young black people, but also these, I wouldn't say old because that's don't not. Don't say old. No, wait, hold on a second, old, young brother. Wait, wait, time out, time no, out. No, no, say old on this show. more wise people. <laughs> these more wise people yeah, you're good. to show me the path on um, how to act and not just how to act on camera, but on off, even if I'm not on the movie set, to act how they balance all their, their life opportunities with on-set opportunities. So it was great working with them. They treat me like, a family because like in real life we are family so that was great that is absolutely awesome let's have some fun let's talk about your favorites okay i mean you ready yeah this is a speed round what's your favorite subject my favorite subject is art and writing art and writing yeah what's your favorite color my favorite color is blue and pink blue and pink yeah i noticed you get like i give you uh, a One, choice you got like yeah, two you got two yeah. of everything that's yeah. pretty cool that's smart too young brother what's your favorite movie my favorite movie, I, I'm not saying this out of, like, because I'm in it, but um, The Hate You Give is definitely one of my favorite movies. So you didn't go two on that one. You just single, just The Hate You Give. That's it. Yeah. But <laughs> wait. Wait. Okay. All so right. The Hate You Give and The Wizard of Oz. I've watched that movie, like, 20 times. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. What's your favorite book? My favorite book is also The Hate You Give. By Angie Thomas. Yes. i tell you what. What's next for T.J. Wright? Um, I'm working on a series, um, um, a Netflix series. I can't tell you much about that because Understood. we respect it, Yeah, so um, that's what you can see next to me. Um, I'm doing a lot of writing books and um, trying to do, trying to see what type of novel I want to write. So yeah, that's that what you can excellent. see next for me. Let me say this to all of our listeners: The Hate You Give starts tonight in theaters everywhere. T.J. Wright, the real T.J. Wright, is making it happen. Mentoring Morris, this is what it's all about. Amen. When you think about young men and young ladies with incredible potential, uh, you are a blessing. T.J., we're very proud of you. I just ask you to do one thing. you got to promise me on the air that you will come back. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this concludes our episode of The Game of Life, Season 1, Episode 6, Director Morris Copeland, The Real T.J. Wright, The Hate You Give, check it out. It's all about these kids. If you want to change a kid's life, 305-644-0066, call in and let somebody know. I want to defend a child's potential. TJ, give me something further. And one more thing. Follow me on Instagram at the real TJ Wright. <laughs> it's all good. You Self-promo. should be in Hollywood, baby. That's all right. Let's go. Hey, this is Gail Nelson, president and CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters Miami, the host of The Game of Life. 